0: and only hits the
1: upright again
0: that's impossible
1: the Bears' season's going to end
0: on a double doink. 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 doink live in the entertainment capital
2: of the world that's what you want to know it's the tc martin show yeah i don't know an idea diagnosis i had an idea and then uh, prognosis i, I take this
0: f- serious osmosis Was it's funny it wasn't it wasn't funny i wasn't laughing about it yeah it's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. To don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know that idea. That's the result
2: you get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin.
0: I don't go out there and laugh, laugh. The doctor
2: is now in.
0: Hour number two on this Thunderous Thursday edition. Gonna get a master's update for you happening. Uh, they're wrapping things up at the end of the day in Augusta National. So uh, we'll. Hopefully get our man Scott Savloff on the scene there, our PGA Tour television producer, and talk about what is happening at the Masters opening round. All right? I want to thank the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. Uh, What TV talk with a seven-footer today? No NBA to hit on. No college. Everything out the window because he was watching The White Shadow early this morning. At least we were talking hoops. Yeah, we were talking. I mean, hoops. you're talking hoops. you Are talking hoops, Hoosiers? But de- never Wolf. did I ever remember seeing basketball in Teen Wolf. Now maybe I do because I never. That wasn't one of my movies. I you again. You know that's not my that's, genre. It's not my thing. Where some guy turns into an animal or something. That's, you've never. That, s- I, I no no. That's not my thing. You know that anything that is unrealistic, I'm out. I don't watch. You know, that Forget was like it. The
3: main premise. I don't even know what that movie is about. The main premise of that movie was he turned into a basket. Is that, turned that into the Marty
0: McFly thing? Or is that a different Michael movie? J. Fly- J. Fox, is, you mean? Or is there some guy named McFly? Is that that that's movie? That's Back to
3: the Future, buddy. Okay. Is that different? Than it's different.
0: That, that's Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf? Before or afterwards?
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> you don't even know.
3: Shoot. <laughs>
2: Why,
0: why is the seven-footer bringing up Teen Wolf when I'm talking about basketball movies? We're talking about basketball t- uh, TV shows. And he bas- brings up Teen Wolf.
3: It's a, it's a technically basketball movie. That's a basketball I, I, I will, movie. I will give it to him. That's a basketball movie. Really? Well, varsity Blues is a football movie, right? Sure. Okay. There it is, right?
0: Right. Teen Wolf is a basketball movie. That's what you're telling me. W- That's right there with Blue Chips and Hoosiers. Is that what so, you're trying to tell me? So Yeah. And you know what? It's right there with Fast Break is is it capital before your time is there our next guest probably knows what i'm talking about
3: i hope is there a cricket movie
0: a cricket movie is there a cricket movie? i don't know. get paul buck power stewart on on the line we'll I, find out i'm sure this guy i'm sure he, he might know too he probably does because our next guest as you well know he is uh the the master of uh of all sports betting uh anywhere from uh football basketball baseball hockey croquet uh, Korean baseball and now cricket. I can't believe my, my eyes that, uh, that this guy is actually up at 430 in the morning. Well, that's not a surprise, but watching cricket. Uh, we've got that to talk about. It is a thunderous, crazy Thursday. Who knows where this conversation will go, but it'll pick up right where we left off with Cartwright, the one and only Scott Spritzer. How was that introduction, my friend?
2: That was an introduction and, and to, to remember. And <laughs> I just got to say one thing. I, I, you know, wait here on your show and did I hear Timex Social Club? Yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, have, have we got back? Almost started. forty years. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, this is old school. You know that, man. We're, we're I know. Talking. I'm fine with it. Hey, I, I loved it back in the day. I just I, I I'm sitting there going. First, thought, first I thought. First thought I had in my mind was ah, it's back and forth by Cameo, uh-huh. and then it dawned on me: <laughs> rumors by Timex Social Club. <laughs> Ring it up, man. There you go. See you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: and here's a little fun fact for you, Scott. Timex social club, uh, created by Jay King, Sacramento, California. I did not know that. Yeah. And then, and then the follow up, because they actually, um, had some uh, copyright infringements because, of course, Timex, you know, right. got involved. They had to change their name to Club Nouveau.
2: I remember that, yeah. yeah and they go. had a hit or two under Club Nouveau also. Several, oh, yeah, several, yeah. Jealousy, Lean on name. Me, you know, right. the others, you know, situation number nine. There you go. By the way, can we get this right? It wasn't cricket. It was Australian footballs, <laughs> man, Australian footy. <laughs> I have yet Isn't to it the same allow thing? myself to get into cricket.
0: I, I don't know what, what the heck you're watching. I mean, all I looked at, I saw this picture, uh, that you posted earlier today. And then I, it, it looked at the bottom. I saw, okay, that looks like, uh, runs, hits and errors. So I've just equate baseball to cricket. So again, I think if you saw my comment, I said, wow, there's a lot of errors in that game because there were six in the, in the far right hand column. So please explain this to us. What, A, what are you doing up at that hour? B, why are you watching this? C, Hey, was there action? Indeed, did you win?
2: Well, they they usually start about one or two a.m. Pacific time, and you know, me, I'm up till four most nights. You know, I, I, when I go to bed early, it's usually like two thirty when I say early. So my normal finally fall asleep is usually about four a.m. and I sleep until about ten, maybe ten thirty in the morning. But uh, yeah, I was, you know, that's I love this time of year because I get to sit there and have competition, live competition on while I'm, you know, doing my work and handicapping and writing up my articles and games and all that and you know, so I'm always tuned into a little Aussie footy. As they like to call it over there, the land of the perpetual mullet—it's never gone away. Uh, so, but uh, anyway, so yeah, that's what I was watching again. The season just started in the last couple of weeks, and I was watching Brisbane, the Lions, against the Collingwood Magpies last night. So. The Collingwood Magpies—that
0: sounds like two mascots rolled into one, right there.
2: Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. You know, I—I I, I always wondered when I was a a young guy growing up in Omaha, and I would watch. ESPN, remember, would show it back then. Uh, the uh, what do you call it? The Aussie Footy League, and yeah. and then I had a. I, I finally was thinking magpie. What the heck is a magpie? Well, it's actually a bird. Right. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I. I used to watch it
0: like you did back in the day, Scott. And, uh, w- the main thing that I got out of it, I loved, uh, the guy with the hat in the, in the white coat or whatever. And then, you know, whatever that was, I don't know if it was a goal or whatever it was, but then he, he'd point the fingers, you know, it was like, boom, you know, striking, like you're pointing the fingers, like, you know, that right. means they still that, do that. They still do that. Yeah. What does that mean? That means it's good or what?
2: he's telling you whether they scored one point or six points, depending on if the ball was kicked through the middle goal post or the outside goal post. Outside goalpost, post, one point, middle, six points. And in fact, when I was working for National Sports Services and, you know, we'd close up shop around 11 o'clock at night, midnight, whatever, when all the games are final, and we'd have it on in the in the background. We'd have, we had like about 20 TVs back then when I was working for them in a the, Early '90s, mid '90s, and and we used to say, and he did the finger thing." <laughs> For lack of knowing what it's officially called, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it, it's. I love it. I watch it all summer long when I'm up late working. Uh, when the PGA jumps over, you know, I love the British Open. I get to obviously sit up late at night watching that. I even watch the LPGA when there's no other competition going on. When they happen to be in the Far East and they're on it, you know, one or two in the morning. So. It's just that competition thing in the background and and Aussie football has been one of my one of my favorite non-American sports for many many years.
0: I'm looking at the uh, game recap of uh your game that you're watching uh that you did watch uh and I see 116 to 83 so I guess that's uh you know Brisbane beat uh, Collingwood by 33 points but it says 18 8 and then 116 is in parentheses then 11 17 and then 83 the total points i guess parentheses so what is what is the 18 in the 8 that's uh, how many six pointers or two pointers or or yeah. three? what is that
2: Exactly, 18 six-pointers and eight one-pointers in that, in that actual uh, box score. And, you know, these are high-scoring games. I mean, it went over last night. It was 177, 170. It was as low as 174, as high as 177.5. And, <laughs> and, uh, and Collingwood, the team that lost, was actually a short favorite of anywhere from 1.5 to 3.5 points. How about that? I never thought, you probably never thought you'd be talking Aussie football, point spreads and totals on your show back in your Green Bay days. <laughs> Un- unbelievable.
0: Back in my original Vegas uh, days. There sir. you go. Unbelievable. That's, <laughs> uh, it, it is, it is intriguing if you can understand it. Uh, but oh, I got, yeah, we got the blues and the
2: kangaroos tonight, man. I'm sure you'll be over tonight and watch around midnight, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> if, if the grill's going, if the grill's going, I'm down. <laughs> See, that's the hardest part about my hours because. I go all day, I could go all day with one meal and then all of a sudden I start getting done with my handicap at about one AM and I'm like, Gosh, who's open right now where I get a big juicy bacon cheeseburger or something? <laughs> you know, there's my problem. Kick it back, watching Aussie football and you gotta eat. But uh yeah, tonight you got to lay a big point spread, T.C. I'm sorry to tell you, it's like 25 and a half with Carlton being the favorite. So there you go.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe that it, now are there are there blowouts in in Aussie oh, yeah. football? So, it, so so maybe that's the thing. I mean, how many one, two, or three point games do you have in this thing?
2: There's not a lot. You'll there you see go. a lot, of, and it's funny because you know I, I bet on it a little bit once in a while. I haven't bet on it yet this season. You got to get your feet wet. Got to get some data. But yeah, TC. It's like you know, last night it was a thirty-three point win for the underdog. You know, right. so and and you'll see these teams. Like, there's a game last week. I'm trying to think of who was playing it right now, but it was uh, thirty-four to eight late in the first quarter. And if you fell asleep for twenty minutes and you woke up with four or five minutes to go in the second quarter, it was like thirty-six, thirty-four. So there's these huge runs. <laughs> I mean, teams that go on like you know, forty to six runs. And next thing you know, it's a tie game. It's it's pretty wild, pretty crazy. I, I kind of dig it. A lot of high scoring. And uh, I like the atmosphere. When we tried to watch it, I tried to get you to watch it uh, during the pandemic when everything was shut down except for Aussie football, which, by the way, was shut down just a few weeks later, was the most eerie feeling. We were all shut down. You know we were all thinking, is this going to be something we're doing for the next three years? And then halftime of an Aussie football game, and I'm finally getting some competition, they announced this is it. This will be the last match when this one's completed. And of course, there was nowhere, nobody allowed in the stands. Yeah. So all you do is hear whistles all night. You know, it Yeah, was, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. eerie feeling. But uh, yeah, it's something I enjoy. I don't know why we're talking about it so much, but <laughs> it's something I enjoy. I'll tell you what, I'd rather watch Aussie football all day all night than XFL. I'll give it that
0: much. Oh, man. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. No, Aussie football, it is great. And again, the the, the pit, I don't know if they call it the pitch, you know, like they do in soccer, but again you know it's like this this round i mean you're playing in the round almost and this right. in the in the uh the field is huge I remember yeah. that it's just it, it's it's crazy and the only way you can score points in that though is kicking the ball though right it's not or do you you know it's like rugby where you're crossing the line and you're scoring whatever they call it uh you know touchdown or yeah gotta it,
2: but, yeah. gotta kick it through you know that kind of stuff gotta kick you know there's basically three openings to score in two of those on the outside are one point the one in the middle of six and you got to kick it through but it's interesting because you'll be watching and all of a sudden you'll see marks one team has you know 12 marks the other team has eight Uh, and a mark is basically when you kick the ball if the guy on your team catches it then you get basically about a free five yards to be able to make the next kick you know so that's called a mark when you catch it um you see words like disposals. One team has 18 disposals. The other team has 12. It's a crazy league. It's. I tell you what. You know what Aussie was. You know Australia was built on was you know, prisoners from Europe, basically. And I think they just went out and said, you know, what was that old game we used to play, Smear the Queer? Yeah. And I think it was that, but they put some goalposts out there. They said you had to actually kick the football, and it basically evolved from that. So I, I, I guess gonna, that's I don't why
0: think, I enjoy I, it. I, they had to change the name of that because you, that's not politically correct anymore, right? Uh, that game is yeah. still probably uh, played in uh, – and schoolyards all across the country, but it's not called
2: that anymore, is it? I I don't know what it's called now, but that's what we called it back then. And, and, you know, we never took it as though that was a derogative term towards any group of people. It was just you got your butt kicked, you know, you got, but that, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I guess I'm supposed to be politically correct, but uh, yeah, I think of those are the old terms where you're not really being, make a uh, making derogative remarks towards any group of people. We just called it that. It was like, you know, beat the crap out of the kid with the ball, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final thing I promise on this Australian rules football, the thing that always uh, mesmerized me was the, when these guys will go down the field and and dribble the ball. I mean, I don't know if you get like three dribbles or whatever, but this is an oblong football. I mean, it's almost like yeah. a an American football, but it's a little bigger. But it's still impossible. You know, it's not round. But to see right. these guys, Scott, the way they they like dribble it and take a couple of runs and they dribble and dribble and it bounces right to them. I mean, it doesn't
2: take a lot of these awkward bounces when they have possession. No. Of it. Yeah, it's where they'll be in the open field and they'll just like you said, they'll bounce it up and down a couple of times while they're running down the field. And and when they pass it, they don't throw an overhand pass. They don't op- you know, they don't throw an underhand pass. They they hold it with one hand and bump it with their fist at the other. You know, when they make their passes, so there's a whole lot of stuff going on. I'll say one thing, man. I, I don't want to mess with any of those guys or call them a name or anything like that because they're all in great shape and they run constantly you know but uh, again you know what are you going to do are you going to watch ginsu knives at 2 a.m. or are you going to watch Aussie football
0: <laughs> well, we, know, we know what you're watching man no question <laughs> scott Spritzer, our new australian rules football uh, uh expert and analyst there you go and when, when is the they have a super bowl for this thing and when is that
2: yeah they do and that's like gosh i mean it's one of the longer seasons it start they started playing a few weeks ago and they'll be playing through august remember they're coming up on their winter season In Australia, so this is their winter league sport.
0: Mm. All right, my fan. What was your What was your Final Four and championship game uh, thoughts and takes, and and how'd you do from a betting perspective?
2: I had UConn in there. That was the only one of my teams that made the Final Four. Uh, I did not have UConn winning the championship. My main bracket, I had uh, Alabama uh, winning the title, and of course, they got knocked out a little bit earlier when they went ice cold against San Diego State. But um, you know, that's you know, basically what I do is I. You know, there were five teams that fit that thing we talked about, where you know, five teams are top twenty-five and offensive and adjust offensive and defensive yep. adjusted efficiency. And what I do every year is I just advance those teams as far as they can go until they maybe play each other. And only one of those teams this year made the final four. But now we can go back and say it's now twenty of the last twenty-one years yep. a team that has fit that prerequisite has won the national title. Uh, so you know, UConn got there and they got the job done. It was, to me, it was like a lackluster Final Four, not saying that, you know, UConn didn't play great basketball. They did. They're, you know, they're the the best college basketball program in the U.S. over the last 20 years. I mean, they've won, what, five championships? You know, that's, and they've done it with three different coaches. That's better than Duke. That's better than North Carolina and any of those other Blue Bloods. And UConn is obviously a Blue Blood. So it was great to see UConn getting the job done again. The problem is, Nobody roots for UConn. Nobody roots against UConn. And so there's just no heel. There was no hero. You know, no hero in the tournament. I, you know, I, I just lost interest. Not from a betting standpoint, but from a fan standpoint. And I think we talked about it, me and Marco, the other day when I was filling in for you last Friday. That it's just one of those things where it's like, eh, <laughs> the Final Four is here, Boy, I got nobody to root for, nobody to hate for, unless I got money on the game. And even like on Monday night, I had a little play on the Aztecs on Monday night, nothing substantial. And uh, you could just tell early on, you know, that it was going to be UConn's night. And so I know a lot of people, and I didn't have a big enough bet to really get involved, and I didn't really want to sit and be on my computer. We were going out. But live betting, you know, you could just tell that UConn was the better team and it was a matter of time. Now, San Diego State did pull within seven at 58-51, and the line was right around there, depending on where you got it, seven, seven and a half. And then of course they uh, UConn was able to pull away in the final few minutes, but it was really no doubt who was going to win that basketball game outright. And I think what, what, this is like the only time we're probably going to see this the fact that there were so many odd teams or teams you don't expect to go far in the dance that end up getting to the Final Four or to the Elite Eight, and it's all with that you know surrounded about that uh, COVID year. You got grown men basically 23 years old who are mature physically and emotionally they know how to handle the big stage they've been around for five years or six years on campus because of the COVID year and so you have these mature guys on these teams veteran teams and it made for a very weird big dance but you know again I think it's one of those situations where it's an anomaly it's not like a new order of how things are going to go in college basketball I really believe that.
0: And see, I'm gonna. I'll take uh, the uh, the opposite side. I think that this is more going to be more the new wave of things until uh, things get changed with the transfer portal, which it doesn't look like we are going to see that. And you know, we're seeing teams just like a kid from Alabama. Okay, he he was a starting guard, uh, came over. He decided I'm going to transfer today. I'm going to put in the portal because he lost his job to Quinterly. And uh, you know, so you're going to see more and more of these guys that are bolting. Heck, we've seen this firsthand here at UNLV and uh, you know, it's, it's hard for, for fans really to, to get behind these programs, especially the struggling programs when, you know, you're, you're losing players, you know, year after year after year. And I think Scott, we've kind of seen this trend over the years where we've seen more and more parody. We've seen more and more of these so-called blue bloods, you know, exit early. Heck, we've seen it kind of with, with Kentucky for, for, for quite some time now. And uh, I don't know. I just think that, you know, with, you know, we saw that Florida Atlantic had some dudes. We saw that even, you know, Fairley Dickinson had some, some, some darn good players. I just think that we're going to see just more and more parody, uh, throughout college basketball. I just don't think that it's going to, you know, be, you know, just the, the blue bloods or the number one seeds, you know, only anymore. Uh, that's just my take on the matter. And I kind of like it myself just because, you know, everyone likes upsets. And if you really look at these teams, if you looked at, say, Florida Atlantic and you looked at Miami or San Diego State and heck, you know, any of these teams and you didn't have uh, those uniforms on, it'd be hard to, to tell the difference because just the, the bodies that even Florida Atlantic had or, you know, you know, Miami is a little bit smaller team, but these guys can play. And I think that that's what people need to realize throughout the United States, throughout these, these, you know, non power five conferences, you know, these, these teams you know these these players uh there are players everywhere, there are players everywhere, and some guys are saying, "You know what, uh I don't think I can make that roster at Arkansas, so you know I'm going to go to a Florida Atlantic or something like that, so uh, you know that's that's just my take on the matter i I can see
2: that yeah. kind of happening, I mean like if you look at Creighton, you know McDermott's has got a great job every year that team wins twenty games, and every year they're in the tournament, and they've been to what three sweet sixteens in a row and now an elite eight. And, you know, you could be right because I do know like two players who were very good and highly recruited at, at Creighton have already entered the transfer, por- transfer portal because they weren't quite good enough to get, you know, more than a couple of minutes with the Blue Jays. And mm-hmm. so if you take it, an Elite Eight team or program and you've got guys that are on the team but they're at the end of the bench, that means they're pretty good basketball players who weren't quite elite and they could go to maybe a lesser-known basketball program and build that program up. They're that close to being elite. They were good enough to be recruited by elite eight type teams. So I get it what you're saying there that that could possibly happen. I, I just happen to agree with the, uh, Mike Bray, former Notre Dame coach analysis when he said this is what happened when college basketball gets old. And what he meant by that was, you know, the players being, you know, sticking around for an extra year or so at so many different schools. I, I think it's bad for basketball, believe it or not, because we just saw, you know, ratings aren't, nobody cared. Really about the games, except for people that were either betting or were close to the schools, fans of the schools. We saw the ticket prices. At least we heard that they dropped like crazy. And they did you know, too. And, I mean, I and, saw that yeah. firsthand.
0: You know, so I know people that that got tickets uh, an hour before game time. This will blow you away, Scott. What What do you think that that you could get a seat uh, thirty rows back, basically between the baseline and the free throw line? What you could get a ticket for for that championship game on Monday night?
2: Well, I'll say it like this. Duke, Kansas, a couple thousand bucks, three, four thousand bucks. Yukon, yeah. um, San Diego State, I'm going to say it probably dropped all the way down to two or three hundred bucks. You're
0: exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Two, two hundred bucks. Yeah. you know, People were, were sitting down there for two hundred bucks and they got tickets between two and three hundred bucks. And it's
2: bad for ratings. All that stuff. I, yeah. You know, people always say they want upsets until it happens like crazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get the final four that we had. Yeah. And, you know, I'm one of those guys... I want to see the blue bloods, but I want to see like one Cinderella and, you know, three blue bloods. I, you know, and whether I can root as a fan or not, there's gotta be one blue blood that I really want to root against like coach K and Duke before coach <laughs> K retired. I want to root against those guys unless I got money on them. Right. And I want to see one Cinderella in the tournament. You know, that gives you something like a Butler that you can root for to get to the championship. And so I, but you know, to see four, I mean, again, I hate throwing Yukon in that nobody cares, you know, bucket or whatever you want to call it because Yukon's the best program in America right now yeah, over the last right, twenty right, years. Right. And you can- but it, it like I said, it's like did you ever watch back in the day, here we go again, Nubchuck's Chuck's gonna fall asleep over there on us. But do you ever go back in the day and you remember the show Wayne's World and they're talking about where they're from and they're like California and they've got surfboards that they're with and they're all part, you know, happy yeah. and all that. And they'll say New York City and they've got whatever, you know, custom or uh, is, is tied in with New York City and they're all happy and they're excited. And then they go, and we're from Delaware <laughs> and there's nothing, and there's silence, you know, and that's what I feel like when you see UConn. It's like this great, great basketball program and I couldn't care less. Other than from a petty angle, you know. between uh, it's crazy. between
0: Cartwright and Scott Spritzer, I I just uh, I I've got these old movie references today. This is uh, amazing. <laughs> of course, and no, of course, Numb is going to take his cue there. There it is. Yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> hey, let let's 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 get Scott Spritzer fired up here, okay? Let's talk about his favorite player. Oh, can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Can you do it? Can I do it? Oh, you want to participate? I want to fire him up. O- okay, Wayne, go ahead.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you Garth. Okay. <laughs> hey, did you par- did you partake in history last night?
0: Yeah, there you go. History. History. Uh, I'm not sure. History with your boy, your favorite baseball your favorite player. Favorite
3: baseball player. What did
0: Otani do now? Well, he was a violator, Scott. This guy oh, was yeah, a violator yeah, not yeah. once, but twice. He was a I violator. Like, I like
2: what he I saw that. Okay. Yeah, I mean I saw the first one. I didn't see the second one. All right. Um but I like after the first one when he walked over to the umpire, because Shohei has a kind of an interesting start to his motion. The umpire obviously didn't have a clue. I didn't see the second one, but I'm talking about the first one. So the clock didn't start when he started his motion. And, and go ahead
0: and reset this for our, our listeners if they didn't see this. Go ahead.
2: It, okay, this is like, what, maybe first inning, I think, the yeah. first one? Yeah. And so anyway, he's up there and he's pitching, and he's a fast worker as it is, um, relatively speaking. So. He's got, you know, he's thrown to a batter, and he gets called for a ball for taking too long on the mound. And, you know, they didn't say anything more about it. And then after the inning was over, as he's walking to the dugout, he has a translator come out, and they talk to the home plate umpire, and he's showing him, this is how my motion starts. You know, and, and the umpire, I don't know if it's your job, but I think if you can have a clock on things, you better know when a pitcher starts his motion and how he starts it. And what they did is they, you know, they started the, the clock too fast, they didn't start it upon, or they started, you know, they didn't start it upon his original motion, and he got called for, you know, uh, taking too long on the mound. And he, you know, it was weird. He had a weird first inning. He could have gotten blown up in the first inning, but only guys like Shohei, there's a few, that could be as bad as he was with location, have to limit his pitches, cut his repertoire in half, do things like violate the, the pitch clock and things of that nature, and still only get away, uh, still get away with only giving up one run and then going on and pitching great the rest of the game. I didn't see the second one. I did see that first one
0: though. Then when he uh, was was uh, at the plate, got, got got in the box, what it took too long to get took in
2: the
3: box so, didn't make eye contact. Yeah, didn't
0: make eye contact this is so the
3: stupidest rule there is. Right.
0: So he was a oh, violator. Yeah, I didn't know that the first yeah. the first time that a player has been a violator as a
2: pitcher and a hitter in the same That might stand for a while. Yeah, right. (laughs) I I didn't see that, so I didn't even know it was a a plate appearance that he that he did it on. I thought maybe it was you know two pitch clock violations. So, you know, he did that on purpose. I'm sure (laughs) he wants to be the only one to ever have that record. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Scott. I tell you what, though, that team again, great offense. Shohei does a great job again. Two starts had the bad first inning, and then just mows them down after that until he leaves the game in the sixth or whatever it was. And then you're sweating until the very end with that bullpen who blew his first start. Uh, and then of course last night almost blew I mean they're up what four one or whatever when he leaves or four nothing and a four one. And next thing you know, it's a four three game and the Mariners have guys on base. You yeah. know, it's within uh if not the very first inning that the relief pit the ref relief comes in for the Angels, but it's certainly by the second, you know, so it's going to be that way again, man. You know what? I laid the big price yesterday about a buck fifty five in the first five innings with Shohei, and in my analysis to my clients, I said, Otani's on the mound. I can lay a buck fifty to a buck sixty. Got no problem with that. We ain't messing with this pull pin. Let's yeah. play him first five innings and let's get out of here." And they ended up covering.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and you know, uh, just to, to go to your point about you know shohei and we've seen this like with a lot of um uh the foreign pitchers whether they're from uh japan or asia or or you know um or you know uh, the dominican republic or whatever you know they do have some unusual deliveries and uh, you know luis garcia had to actually change his delivery uh, for fear of what you're talking about, about when, you know, it would take him so long. And you used to call it, you know, he would like rock the baby, you know, Luis right. Garcia for the Astros. And so during the off season they said, listen, you, you, you this isn't gonna fly with umpires. And uh, he changed it completely and now it's almost like this guy's pitching out of the stretch completely all the time now.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know what worries me the most, T C and I, I think I brought it up with Marco. I'm not sure if I have with you yet. I was listening to Mets announcers last week. Uh, Ron Darling, guys like that, you know Keith Hernandez in the in the booth, and I'm listening to them, and especially Darling, talking about this pitch clock. It might not seem like that big of a deal right now, but and he wasn't worried about guys hurt, uh, hurting their arms so much because of the pitch clock. But he said, "What about your legs? What about the energy level you're going to have in July and August?" Because he said some pitchers are, you know, behind closed doors already complaining that they don't have that time between pitches to actually take a deep breath, get back on the mound, do what they normally do, what they've been trained to do all their lives, and then get out there and throw. So there's no break. You're just constantly having to get on the mound, think about the pitch clock, and fire the, the baseball. And he was talking about leg weariness, you know, three months into the season. So I think that's something to look for, you know. If pitchers are already starting behind closed doors, some pitchers complaining that their legs are hurting them because they're not getting a break between pitches – I think it adds up. They either get real, used to it real fast, or in July we're talking about guys who are kind of gassed. And speaking of the Japanese pitchers, this, this kid for, uh, not necessarily a kid, he faced Otani when they were both playing in Japan, but this Shintaro Fujinami, who plays for the Oakland A's, I, I don't want people listening to get too caught up And this could be the next Otani. This was not a highly sought-after player. Think of it this way. If he was, he wouldn't have ended up in Oakland. And I saw him pitch against Anaheim or the Angels last week, and they figured him out after one inning, and he got bombed. So, you know, that's a, a pitcher coming out of Japan that's probably going to get some notice out here on the West Coast of people talking about him. He's not Otani, you know, on the mound. Just, it's as simple as that. But, again, back to that thought I was having about, you know, again, pitch clock means you've got to get up there, you've got to get it ready to go. And if guys are finding their legs getting weary on them and getting that burn, I, I hate to see what it's going to be like in July unless they're just physically able to get used to it.
0: All right, Scott Spreiser joins us at uh, Doc Sports. And uh, Scott, always joining us here on Thursdays and appreciate you again, my friend, for uh filling in on Friday. You and Marco, fantastic job. It was uh, great talking with you while I was back in Houston as well uh, at the Westgate last Friday, my friend. I just can't thank you enough. Really appreciate it. And a oh, job no well done.
2: He, and by the way, he's got to stop saying food, butt. Yeah. So again,
0: I guess Scott. I mean, unabated to the quarterback, right? I mean, yep. he just walked walked himself right into it. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm cashing in. We're cashing in. Jay Schrader and I are both cashing in tomorrow because he's now got four. He owes me
2: four. And he owes well, Jay. He's got the one from me from football yes. season. So that's seven. And I didn't challenge him. He challenged me. Remember? Uh, I know. <laughs> hey, so what I'm going to say a- is that you know he's a he's an excellent capper. Yeah. No doubt about it. One of the best been around for all these years, longer than me even. And when he says, "Food bet," we ought to go throw a few dimes for eat <laughs> on him, but head over to the book right there when they are at the Westgate, Plunk down three or four dimes on those plates.
0: <laughs> I think Marco might be listening right now too, so
2: uh, ouch well uh, you awesome. know and the guy's a great handicapper, yes, except for what he says food bet that's it exactly,
0: <laughs> and you hit the nail on the head like last Friday talking about his record and everything. I go, "Scott, you're right, but that 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 doesn't come into play right now, okay he's going he's going mano a mano with me here on these food bets, it's it's flipped the other way
2: here. And, uh, and I'm glad you said that on the air because it allowed me to back off. Yeah. And I told him that case, I'll pass it. And, and from what I recall, <laughs> if we go back and we, we play back, I could have swore that you said, you know what, can I get in on this? I, I th- oh, I did. I, you know? I did until you mentioned the food bet thing and how bad he, you know he's done of the food bets. And that's what I said. Well, <laughs> in that case, can I get out of it? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, real quick. I like this side, you know, actually.
0: (laughs) Before I let you go, uh, big game of T-Mobile tonight. Not sure if you're going. uh, Golden Knights and the L.A. Kings are winding down the regular season here. And uh, the biggest question mark for the Knights, okay, who's going to be in goal? And uh, give us your thoughts on what we've seen so far with the Knights. What do you expect to see tonight?
2: Yeah, I've seen that number come down. And let me check right now as we're speaking. I saw this right before I came on the air with you guys. If they've uh, named the goalie for tonight... It is Bruce Waugh. I'm shocked. Mm -hmm. And and I'm a little bit surprised there. Not that Bruce Waugh can't go in and win this game, but are you really part of the team if they don't start you? Talking about Jonathan Quick, are you really part of the team if they don't start you against your former team? Yeah, That's surprising to me unless Jonathan Quick is either a little bit banged up, gassed, or just said, I can't go tonight to the coach. If you're the coach, I mean, I start Jonathan Quick, not even a second thought if he's healthy. And that's not a shot against Lauren Bruce Waugh. He's played well. Uh, you know, in, fill, in, in, in the fill-in time that he's had for the most part. But I got quick against his team that he's been with for all these years that just dumped him. I want him a net. So I'm a little bit surprised by that. And it says here on my uh, line service that Bruce Waugh uh, is confirmed. So we'll see if they make any changes between now and 7 o'clock tonight. I won't be at T-Mobile tonight. I'm just going to watch it. I actually, uh, you know, was kind of hoping Quick would be in there. Made a little bit of a pizza money bet on the Knights tonight. Um, and again, I, I did it knowing that Bruce Wall might play because I don't know this coach real well in his decision-making on, you know, something like this. But I, I still think they get the job done. The Kings offense has gone in the tank uh, lately. In the last five games, they're 2-3, and three, and they've scored nine total goals in five games. And I think, again, Bruce Wall is capable of going out there and giving up one or two goals and allowing his team to get the victory. But I would have been a little bit more confident if Jonathan Quick was between the pipes tonight with that extra motivation. It's going to be interesting. I'll, you know, I don't always tune in to pregame when it comes to hockey. I'll be tuning in tonight before the game because I want to hear if quick is banged up, hurt, tired, or what have you. Uh, other than that, I just don't think there's an excuse not to start him.
0: Yeah, and remember, they haven't played the Kings in quite some time. you got to go back to January when they last played the Kings at uh, T-Mobile. Uh, 5-1, the Kings rolled over the Knights, and that was the night that uh, Logan Thompson gave up uh, three goals. Hill came in for him, gave up a goal. Uh, so I yeah I I I don't know because I was thinking like okay well the, you know what's what's the deal, deal here with that but uh hey Bruce Cassidy has no allegiance you know to Jonathan Quick uh, whatsoever so uh that's what that tells me I guess I I, I don't know I don't know you know wh- why I, I, Bruce,
2: how do you feel like you're part of the team if it'll start against your
0: ex mates, I, I that know. You have such history and, with and you, you know, know. And, you know I think some coaches will will buy into that theory but clearly Cassidy you know isn't and uh. I don't know. It's, it, it does seem... uh, we'll,
2: find out, we'll find out tonight if this was an injury or right. weariness or whatever from Jonathan Quick because I can't imagine, you know, he's been around for a long time and he's had some pretty darn good seasons obviously along the way. And I can't imagine a, a professional athlete that of his level of what he was when he was at his best for so many years would say, nah, I can't go tonight. Yeah. I just can't imagine that unless he's like, again, He's got some kind of injury that we haven't been told about yet.
0: Or is this the mindset of a coach thinking, well, you know, it's your former team. They know you real well. Maybe they know your weaknesses or, you know, you faced them in practices every day. I mean, that's the only thing that I can come up with. But
2: I, I, and even if he was thinking that, I'd still start him. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, I was thinking the other night when I was watching the game and I was like, oh, they got the Kings next. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, if they don't start him, you, you, I don't know. You welcome a guy to the team. And you put him in this position, if he wants to be in it, to get out there against his former mates. And if you don't, you're making this guy feel like, okay, well, I guess I'm not a real part of the team yet. That's the way I come, you know, my feeling is on the whole subject.
0: Right. All right, my man. I appreciate uh, the time as always. Again, appreciate you for last Friday, and uh, we we'll look forward to uh, talking with you soon. Take care, man. Have a good one. You got it, brother. There he is. Scott Spritzer, A little Club Nouveau, a little Timex Social Club. Got that. See, we play the hits here. Play the request. He got it. I can just ride this one out for 20 minutes if you want. It. There you go. Sorry, Savloff. <laughs> All right, we'll see if our, our good friend Scott Savlov can break away from uh, Augusta National to join us and give us a a master's update will we'll get you up to date regardless. Take a look at the leaderboard and a whole lot more here. Thunderous Thursday. Oh yeah. <laughs> Logic and insanity mixed into a perfect prescription from the Dr. T C Martin.
1: Cal-
0: The Westgate tomorrow, come on by. Tune in, two to four p.m. Of course, our Friday home at the Superbook. Uh, great to be back there. And last week I was on the road in Houston, and Marco D'Angelo and Scott sprites did a fantastic job of uh, filling in last week. And we're back at it tomorrow. Jay Schrader, the former quarterback, he will be in the house uh, tomorrow, along with John Murray, the executive director of the Superbook. So Come on by. Check it out. There it is. Each and every Friday, our Friday home at the Westgate Las Vegas.
3: So are you back into the swing of things with food-wise?
0: I never miss a, a beat with food, my friend.
3: Figure. You, I mean, I as figured you, as much. As you know. But
0: uh, yeah, as you know, we talked about it yesterday. I had some good meals uh, in Houston, and uh, I picked up where I left off. Okay. I got back... Uh, I think I told you. I, yeah. yeah, I got off the plane a couple nights ago, and boom, you know, had to, had to, had to go get one of my favorite spots. Did that, so got the routine. Uh, you know, I did have a little issue last night.
3: Uh oh, what's the issue? I, I
0: did have an issue. Now you bring that up, so I was kind of like in the quandary. I didn't want to go out last night, so and I wanted to kind of you know catch up on some of my TV viewing. Plus I had... Oh, yeah, because your your DVR
3: had to have been full. Oh,
0: it was. Big big time full. Big time full. But also had a lot of catching up to do work-wise, website, and all that kind of stuff, too. So I didn't want to say, okay, I don't want to do a two-hour dinner last night. So I want to get something quick and bring it home and eat, which I did. Remember Joe Pesci? What did Joe Pesci say in... What was the movie? Was it... uh, uh, was it Beverly Hills Cop nineteen or whatever it was? Was 19? he in that one? No. What was the one that he was in where he goes? They F you in the drive-through. Yeah. What movie was that?
3: I can't think of what that is. Hold on.
0: He wasn't. Was he? He wasn't in, in one of the Eddie Murphy movies, was he? Why? Why do I have Beverly Hills Cop like three or something in my head? And there was a Beverly Hills Cop three, right? I remember one and two. I think there was a three.
3: Lethal Weapon.
0: Lethal Weapon. Same difference because there was like Lethal Weapon sixteen, right? I mean, there was a lot of those, right?
3: Right. Yeah. Lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. And he goes,
0: hey, f it's, you in the no, drive." No, lethal through. weapon
3: too. So is okay. Right. It,
0: is it? Do we got the scene?
3: Yeah, but I don't. I can't. <laughs> okay, are you afraid that you're gonna drop the f bomb? Uh, you know I'm going to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite word. Yeah. But will he we he, he does says that. He says that, that so in we that, movie. that We play. can't play yeah.
0: that. But but yes. you remember that, right? Yeah. So that's the way I felt last night. So that's what I did. I went to a drive-through last night. And I hadn't had this in a while. It was one of those things where, okay, you know, I'll go for it. What happens? They shortchanged me. They shortchanged me on the food. So what do I do? I got to pick up the phone and call. I got to call. I got to do it. Listen, you shorted me. Got some teenager who answered the phone and had to pass it on to the manager. I hate that too because then I got to give my story all over again. So I got to tell the story twice. I had to tell it to the manager. But they were cool and they said, hey, we're going to re- replenish your meal. And I hate that when They say, oh, can you come on by now? No. I just drove 20 minutes. My food's ice cold. I'm going to come back so you can get the rest of my order right. So I'm not doing that. So I said, okay, give us your name. Put you on the list. There you go. And we'll take care of your whole meal.
3: I love that list because yeah. you know what that is. You can go into anywhere and be like, my name's on the list. Yeah. And bring in a receipt yeah. and they'll give you a whole meal. Yeah. They don't have a list. You know that routine, don't you? They, yeah. <laughs> not saying I no, like, no, like I don't do that, yeah. but I'm saying like right. there's no list. They've never asked you for anything. I've been like, Yeah, but you know, the manager, blah, 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 blah. I
0: have been through that before where they had a list and sometimes my name has been on it, and sometimes it hasn't been on it. Not at this place, but you know, a couple other places. Some places have a list; others, you're right, don't. I was bringing the receipt. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, uh, let's get an Augusta update. You know, let's go to Augusta National. Our good friend Scott Savlov, who's been a very, very busy man, he joins us again today. What's going on, my man? how are you I hope you're well oh i'm I'm as born and ready my friend that's all I could say we're doing exceptionally well uh we did have uh, the seven footer your good uh, friend on earlier today uh, of course oh know, boy when, yeah exactly oh boy go back and listen to that when you get a chance tonight because it, there was no basketball that was talked about I mean he sends me you'll you'll appreciate this Scott uh he sends me a text Earlier on this morning, I saw, we can't do master's music with this story. We yes, can't. We, uh, we
3: can't. No, uh, I would t- tell him, I would wait for the story. Let him Let him listen to it. Yeah, you do that. truck's right, Scott. Because you yeah. you're going to give it all away. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's going to be, yeah. he's going to go back and listen and be like, Yeah, it's hilarious. And I told
0: the 7th floor that he needs to listen to our conversation from yesterday's show. So you need to listen to our conversation from today. How's that? Fair, fair enough? And then get back and get back with
1: it. I'll, unfortunately, and fortunately listen to him talking.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You'll, you'll enjoy it. It
1: was, but again, this is what happens when he
0: comes on the show. It just goes off the rails, uh, immediately. But I, I think, you know, you, you're in our age bracket. Well, obviously you guys are much older than me, but anyway, you'll, you'll appreciate the references. We'll just leave it at that. But anyway, uh, give us the update. All right. What's going on in Augusta?
1: Well, here, here's the most significant element. Right now, it, weather in Augusta is a typical Augusta day. So these guys, John Rahm in the lead, Victor Hovland, by the way, when you watch the highlights, could be the ugliest shirt. Maybe in Denmark, where he's from, <laughs> it was categorized like Augusta first round is like ugly Christmas sweater. It's Augusta first day shirt is Victor Hovland shirt. Could be the ugliest golf shirt I've ever seen. So just throwing that out there, but it didn't seem to affect his golf game because he shot seven under and he made it look really easy. Now, that's a guy that if he's putting, he could run away with it because he's that good. But John Rahm is also playing exceptionally well. And so you've got those two Ryder Cuppers on top followed, followed in a tie, Brooks Kepka. Right. Now, we talked yesterday about how the live tour has to have some some credibility on the top. Well, you got it on the top. The leader or co-leader is a live tour guy. Yeah. Make, makes for great chatter over the weekend if, if Koepka can keep it up. Uh, you, you've got some guys playing, you know, consistent young, who's never won on the PGA Tour. Always the bridesmaid, so you know he's perfect for Vegas, right? Because always the bridesmaid, he's ready to invite him in just to be a bridesmaid, right. In Vegas. So, uh, but but you're going to see Smith make his charge, and you'll see the Live Tour have two to three guys in that top ten which is fantastic for golf.
0: Yeah, it's, and it brings up the controversy that we were talking about yesterday. Will this be a story yeah. with the Live Tour? And like you called it, that only if that leaderboard on Sunday has some Live guys up there. So we will see. Obviously, everyone wants to know about Tiger Woods. Two over for the day, round number one at Augusta. What were your thoughts on Tiger? What you see?
1: He's striking the ball well, just couldn't putt the ball three putted a bunch of times today and you know, there's no reason to believe that if he can make a few of them drop, I think he missed like a bunch of them from 10 feet and in, it wasn't like he had to make bombs to get to birdies or pars. He was missing 10 footers, which is very untiger-esque in his heyday, right? He was automatic from 10 feet and in. Um, I envision Tiger shooting a 68 tomorrow. That, that's my gut. He hasn't missed a cut, and I don't think he's going to. He's striking the ball that well. I don't think he'll be in contention, but he'll make the cut.
0: Scott, what do you think the the cut line will be uh, at the end of the day tomorrow?
1: You know, it, tomorrow is – here's the interesting thing. It's supposed to start raining hard, and between tomorrow and Saturday – Tomorrow's temperature's dropped 15 degrees and raining sideways. Wow, horrible. So, got, so now it comes down to who plays well in the wind and the rain. So your gut would say, well, pick all the guys from Ireland and England. Hmm. Not so fast. <laughs> uh Rory uh not very good in the wind and the rain for whatever reason. Um, so I think that the 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 um, the cut line is going to change because today it was benign, beautiful weather. Now all of a sudden it, it, it gets cold and rainy where they're losing their footing. Cause like Tiger, that, that could affect Tiger's legs because of his balance and swings could be a little bit more awkward. Um, Brooks Kepka, it could affect him because his body has been breaking down. So a guy like Scotty Scheffler is four under for today, good ball striker, good balance. You'll see him rise a little bit. Jason Day is playing and peaking at the right time. My prediction is Jason Day will be in the hunt on Sunday.
0: Sounds like uh, Shane Lowry time if with uh, weather tomorrow. What's
1: wrong with that? Shane Lowry is in the hunt right now, yeah. and uh, and he can do this. Shane Lowry's game is perfect for this. He probably, like, has all the little bagpipes tuned into his head, (laughs) that guy, when he's playing. Right. He's just, he's just, it looks like he's just having his own fun time out there. He's contemplating what he's having for lunch. There you go. My kind of guy. There he is. Hey.
0: Exactly. Now, speaking of uh, of that, okay, we talked, you brought this up yesterday, and I I saw some of the pictures uh, about the food. Unbelievable. Again, why are these food prices so cheap? Why are they so inexpensive there? I mean, you could have a whole meal for under 20 bucks.
1: You know, why don't more places do that? Because yes, from yeah. most of the places, you know, most of the ball games I go to today, a beer is 20 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, or close to it. So you know, it's astounding. You go there. It is the greatest machinery. You're picking at your food and getting through that line in less than five minutes. There is no long lines at Augusta. You want to go into the merch? It's not a merchandise tent. It's fun- you know. It's a house. <laughs> they, it, it's, they spent, and I'm not exaggerating, 30 plus million on the media center. It's crazy how good they have it. But I, I was watching. I saw three cinnamon tip witches. Oh. Well, watch it. that yeah. drives me crazy. Why can't they have that outside those gates? That's what I want to know. I I just want. To know. I, I go buy one right now. I Cinnamon, mean... ice and chipwich.
0: Oh my god! That I mean, that's and then I saw what uh, 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 like a peach. A, a a peach, whatever it was, a dessert or a, a, a ice cream or whatever that was. Something. It's, it's either peach or cinnamon. Oh, I love it, it. it. I know, but it, listen to this. I mean, you, tr- you get the pimento cheese for a buck fifty. You called that yesterday. The barbecue sandwich, three bucks. The Masters Club, three dollars. Chicken salad on, the, on brochet bun and the classic chicken sandwich, all three bucks. The ham and cheese on rye.
1: You can't. You're right. It, it, it's unbelievable. You know, that's where you go. This is what you do If for single guys. If you could get tickets, you take a girl and you go, let's live a little, honey. I'm going to buy the best lunch. You, can. <laughs> you know, you wait out here. This is what you do. Honey, you wait outside the tent. I'll be right back. What do you want? He goes in there. He throws 15 bucks. He's like, this is the best date I've ever been on. Right, right. And let's top it off with some Georgia pecan caramel
0: popcorn. There you go.
1: Perfect.
2: Perfect
0: for uh, two fifty. Yeah, he's got it. all right, man. Uh we appreciate it, Scott. Let's uh let's talk to you on Monday if we can and uh you recap awesome. what our what our eyes see over the weekend. All right.
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: All right, boys. Have a great one. Thanks. There it is, Scott Savloff, uh, our golf guru and producer of uh, PGA Tour Golf Events. All right, uh want to thank the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, for joining us, Scott Savloff. Uh, Scott Spreitzer as well. We're back at it again tomorrow at the Westgate at the Superbook. Always enjoy our time at the Superbook. Check out the Comedy Cabaret over there as well, too. Great comedy on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evenings. Concerts coming back as well. 38 Special coming this month. Cool in the Gang coming next month. You got to like that again. Should we get Robert Cool Bell on again? Why not? You got to like it.
3: That was a blast. Uh, Let's do it.
0: My guy. All right. right four Numb Chuck, TC saying so long, go to the website. Check out our Final Four page is up on the website. Great
3: looking inside. I, look, I saw it earlier. Yeah.
0: All right. Got some great pictures up there. Check that out. And then our recap of March Madness is on the homepage. And interview with Mattress Mac from Monday's show in Houston as well. So go check all of that out. Tell a friend. Tell two if you got them. Wherever you find your podcasts, find them tcmartinshow.com, and go all check out the website right there at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good one. We reconvene tomorrow at the Westgate Super at 2.